0: Um, you know, we get just a tiny bit of the end of the celebrations before we uh, cut to the new Facebook offices um, and we can see outside people are unpacking, there's a bullpen, there's, you know, people with, you know, eating cereal and um, there's all kinds of stuff going on in the background and Eduardo is sitting with some lawyers um, and they're going through the different documents, they're talking about the purchase agreements, they're talking about the shares. Uh, Eduardo is going to own 1,328,334 shares, um, and his ownership um, is going to go down to 30%, um, uh, And no sorry, his ownership is going to go up to 34% from 30%, but you know, that's so that they can dilute it down. Uh, Mark has diluted his down to 51% so he remains in control and I have a feeling that remains true to this day. Mark Zuckerberg has 51% of the stock of Facebook so he's always uh, in control. And they list, you know, the other people who are going to have stock including Dustin Moskovitz who will have 6.81 and we finish the minute with Sean Parker, 6.47. And as that is said, Eduardo looks and he sees Sean um, out with the rest of the workers um, and tomorrow we'll find out the result of, uh, you know, the, this this kind of stock stuff. It's mostly just stocks yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, going on in this minute. And uh, joining me to talk about today is Aaron Coca. Hello, Aaron.
1: Salutations. I'm here for the business money minute of the movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's funny because like we just get the tail end of like the celebration going on at the... Um, you know, the house, and I think there's meant to be an implication that, you know, Mark is on the outside of that yeah. celebration. I think, like, him standing outside next to the pool while the celebration is still going on, I think it's meant to give us a little bit of a visual thing of, like, he's, you know, even though he's now, you know, part of a successful, you know, dot-com, um, you know, he's maybe still a bit of an outsider, and obviously in the previous minutes we've had conversations about he doesn't want to go back to A.E. Pi and all this kind of stuff, and, you know, so, like, there's still maybe just a little visual hint of him being an outsider, and then that cuts to Um, you know uh, inside the offices we have this meeting room where uh, I think in the script it says three lawyers but in the actual film there's only two lawyers Um, I think Aaron Sorkin was going a bit overboard there with the casting you know Um, and we then go from kind of Mark as an outsider on the other side of the glass to Eduardo as an insider but he's also on the other side of the glass while kind of a celebration is going on because people are celebrating moving into these new offices Um, so you know obviously David Fincher Uh, A good director, I would say, you know, being able to kind of go from these two things. Yeah. You know, like so This nice little contrast of Mark standing on the outside to Eduardo being effectively trapped in this meeting room for two minutes while they they go through paperwork with him. Um, I think it's you know, it's just a nice little contrast. And I also kind of I like these two lawyers as well. (laughs) Like they're very friendly. And um, it's funny because they I think if I remember rightly, one of these actors comes back at the towards the end of the film as well. Um, so he's like, as if he's like with the in-house counsel, basically. Um, uh, and again, like, you know, uh, in the description, you know, Aaron Sorkin says they're in a conference room, Eduardo sitting with three lawyers, obviously ends up being two, um, you know, at a round glass table and documents have been put out in front of him. Um, and I don't think that's completely correct. I think the table's just a normal table. I don't think it's a glass table. So again, Aaron Sorkin obviously had a specific kind of like, you know, Silicon Valley right. idea of what <laughs> yeah, this would yeah. be and you know once they've actually got to the location they've kind of done things a little differently i think mostly because the real facebook offices you know of which they were able to get pictures of and stuff and they kind of closely match on this set which is basically where we're going to be spending the rest of the film um we're we're going we're going to be going from here you know back to the depositions and then back to here you know for the facebook hq is now where the rest of the film will basically be taking place in terms Mm -hmm. of the present um You know, they kind of got pictures of the original um, Facebook HQ uh, from like 2004 and this is what they kind of recreated on set. Um, So this is a pretty accurate representation Um, and uh, something as well, you know, that they did, um, you know, within this offices, uh, every single computer screen is just a green screen. And then they put all the computers on uh, digitally. Yeah, afterwards. I,
1: I read about that. Uh, I, why did they do that? It was, was it because of uh, trouble capturing uh, LCD screens on film, or
0: it's so that every single shot will match no matter which angle they go to? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And also because obviously David Fincher wanted to do multiple takes of stuff, and when you're doing that, you need to be able to match between takes. And if everything is done digitally afterwards, everything can just match digitally because you'll have one. Di- right. You'll have one digital artist who just follows a certain screen and just make sure that everything they're doing on it is is the same from shot to shot. Um, yeah. So. You'd be
1: farther along in your solitaire game later in the day. Yeah. It takes.
0: Yeah. And in fact, there is a film, uh, which I love the, particularly the opening, like 15 minutes of, which is called uh, the other guys. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, there's, there's some shots there where they, they have um, uh, <laughs> Will Ferrell, his character is in one scene is playing solitaire and from shot to shot. <laughs> the cards keep changing and it is. So okay. Well, there you and go. It's so yeah. So if that had been done by David Fincher, he would have just green screened it and then it would have been put in all afterwards. The like,
1: film would be very different if it was done by David Fincher. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I see your point. Yeah. No, I, I,
0: th- I would love, I would love David Fincher's take on the other guys. Like that would be, you know, I, I think the funny thing about that would, it would probably be 90 minutes of the rock and Samuel Jackson. And then they would finally jump off a building and kill themselves. Spoiler alert for the funniest moment in, uh, the other guys, um, and then the remaining like ten minutes would just be Will Ferrell and uh, and Mark Wahlberg, um, you know.
1: Isn't this the film where uh, Michael Keaton is their like police captain, but he also yeah. moonlights at Home Depot or something? Yeah, yeah. So maybe we could dig into that too. Get to the real dark desperation and, and, of having and, to have those two jobs. And
0: in every single scene, he quotes TLC lyrics uh, and insists that yeah, and, right, yeah. and, ins- <laughs> and insists that he's never heard of the band TLC. Um, so at uh, one uh, one briefing, he says, "Remember, guys, don't go chasing waterfalls." <laughs> and, yeah. and 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 Mark Wahlberg's like, "Is that a TLC lyric?" And he's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Um, I don't know about. Yeah. So and, and and there's there's another scene where he's like, uh, he goes, "Yeah, you know, I ain't too proud to beg." Um, so uh, yeah, it's 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 so great seeing Michael Keaton kind of. You know, going back to his comedy roots, one might say. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we've got a lot of documents in this. You know, the lawyer explains four documents. The first two are common stock purchase agreements that allowed you to buy stock in the newly reincorporated book, as opposed to the old shares, which are now worthless. The third is the exchange agreement allowing you to exchange the old shares for the new shares, and finally, a voter holding agreement. Um, and then of course Eduardo finds out he's getting 1.3 million, you know, shares, which gives him a 34% stake in the company, uh, you know, which will then of course be diluted down later on, (laughs) uh, you know, and of course, uh, I like how, you know, when the lawyers, you know, says why the increase, he's like, because you may need to do later down. And he's like, I love working with business majors and Eduardo actually corrects him and says economics, um, you know, but then the other lawyer kind of chimes in saying, you know, you should know that Mark has already taken his percentage down from 60 to 51. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, it's, Eduardo says Mark doesn't need to doesn't care about the money. He needs to be protected. Um, and this is where right. we get Dustin Moskovitz on 6.81 percent and Sean Parker 6.47, which is where this minute finishes. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think the fu- the funny thing is, of course, is, you know, if you've seen the film before, you kind of know where this is heading. Um, but I kind of mm. like how simply it's put here where it's like, you know, Eduardo's actually now got a third of the company. Um, mm-hmm. but, but obviously, you know the, the, you know, the fact that Mark has taken his stock down to 51 percent um, is what's weird is actually this is kind. I don't know. There's, there's a kind of there's a kind of film trope uh, where whoever owns 51 percent of a company is in charge and that's not strictly speaking true i mean it just means if you own 51% you can outvote all the other stockholders um but there's there's nothing to stop like a board from removing you you know like a board of most companies can remove whoever's got 51% in being in charge and take their stocks like it's just because you own stocks doesn't mean that you uh, like have this concrete position where you're always in charge um so, right. but it's it's a thing in films where it's like whoever's got fifty one percent of the stock is the person who's in charge. Um, in particular, in the Adam Sandler classic *Mr. Deeds*, uh, there's a there's a <laughs> there's a whole scene around who has the majority, you know, stock holding in a particular company, and Peter Gallagher with his evil eyebrows. Um, it you know c- claims that he's got the largest, you know, he's the largest stockholder until we find out that you know the person who is the largest stockholder turns out to be uh, the butler, as played by. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the actor now, John Turturro. Um, And, you know, all of a sudden he's like the main stockholder because he's got 51% and he, you know, fires this other guy and all this. And it's like, that's not how it works. (laughs) Like just, just because you have the 51%, but you know, to this day, Mark Zuckerberg still does have the majority share. So, you know, he is able to basically vote down the other 49% on most decisions. Um, right.
1: And that's why he's the guy up on Capitol Hill when they want to talk to yeah. talk to the man behind Facebook.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think the same thing is true of most of the other tech companies because, uh, you know, stuff like Google, I think, and Apple are publicly traded. So, you know, there's, mm-hmm. like there's a board and, you know, there's, there's certain shareholders that would add up to 51, but I don't think there's anybody who owns a majority share in that particular sense. Or should I say a plurality? which is what 51% is. It's not a majority. It's the plurality of the shares. Um, So, yeah, you know, obviously Mark is in charge. Uh, Eduardo here, of course, looking directly at Sean Parker when he says he needs to be protected. Um, (laughs) And I like how he's saying this to a bunch of nobody lawyers who basically, uh, like, what do they care about Mark being protected? Like, it's a funny line because, uh, like, he's saying that to them as if they're going to go, oh, well, then we'll we'll we'll, make, we'll look out for him. Then we'll protect him. Like we'll like it's like what are you why are you telling these guys this? Like you look you like, you're looking off into, yeah. you're looking off into the distance wistfully and saying Mark needs to be protected, and I'm sure they're yeah. sitting there going okay, but he just signed the papers. We don't.
1: <laughs> I think it sets up this. whole, I mean, we learn later the implications of his signing and what's going to happen. But the whole scene just continues this idea of Eduardo as being this sort of jejune babe in the woods without a real understanding of what he's really getting into or or, or what's going to happen. And so he, of course, wants to protect Mark. And he he gets a pat on the head from the lawyers as, oh yeah, a little business uh, econ major there. You know your stuff. Good job, kid. Yeah. But of course he doesn't because he doesn't like read through them or I love there's a line later on in the film about how I didn't have a lawyer read through it. I thought they were my lawyers. Yeah.
0: Uh, There's also an echo of the, you know, the CFO of Facebook doesn't know how to update his status on Facebook. <laughs> That's
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> there's an, there's an echo
0: of that, but with a slightly different thing from Mark, um, that kind yeah. of is a spin on that particular line where, you know, the CFO of Facebook made a bad deal with Facebook. Like, you know, um, yeah, it's, it seems like he doesn't know how the site works and he doesn't know how business works. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, some, uh, you know, Economics. pretty much his own fault. Yeah. Here's the thing as well. Like if you're a business major, just because you understand like macroeconomics doesn't mean you understand how to read through a document, you know, like. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah. So I I don't know. I, I don't think there's a huge amount to say in this minute, you know, apart from like the wistful looks, you know, to Sean Parker and stuff like that. Um, yeah who's
1: talking to a girl of course
0: well yes of course you know Um, and I'm going to guess a girl who is probably one would say too young for him Um, probably yeah but I I think it's funny because like this this move and I think this is something that I've said before on the podcast this is something that was done by Coca-Cola the owner of Coca-Cola set up uh, a company called Coca-Cola Company uh, which owned the formula for Coca-Cola and you know the process of making the syrup and selling it to you know places that where it could be put into like pumps and stuff like that for people to you know water fountains sure. all that kind of stuff he then set mm-hmm. up a new company called the coca-cola company and if you look on any coca-cola stuff these days you'll see it is <laughs> the coca-cola company and he basically took the, uh, the, the 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 kind of the formula for the syrup and bought it from the old company uh, so that the Coca-Cola company owned it, and then he basically said to all the people who'd invested in, the, in in his old company, oh, by the way, that company doesn't have anything to sell to anyone now, so it's basically worthless goodbye. And then he, he left with all their money and founded a company that obviously ended up making billions of dollars. So this is... Sean
1: Parker told him... Add the the. Yeah, add the it's the, the. legally distinct. Yeah, no, that's, that's the thing.
0: That's the weird thing. Like, if you look on the side of any Coca-Cola products, it says the Coca-Cola company. And that's the only reason why. It's because, I don't know, 140 years ago, a guy swindled a bunch of people out of some cash. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, when he, when they talk here about reincorporating Facebook and the old shares are worthless, that always made me think about that, you know. And, I, I mean, I can't even remember the book that I read where it said that. It was, like, something called, like, The, the Story of Coca-Cola um, that I, sure. I read, like... I don't know 20 years ago now or something and it was kind of it was kind of it it, uh, it was a very gripping story like the way that coca-cola uh, you know conducted themselves and the way that they built their business is kind of interesting um you know and like i mean particularly in particular um the fact that um uh, during world war ii they withdrew all supplies to germany and to to keep the factories open, uh, the German government um, had to come up with a new drink, and they came up with an orange-based drink called Fanta. Um, so okay. Fanta, Fanta was created because the Nazis needed to keep Coca-Cola factories open in Germany and producing something. <laughs> so it's basically uh, a Nazi orange drink, so...
1: Yeah. Coca-Cola built on cocaine and treachery.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I just find I always, whenever I hear that, I always think of like the Coca-Cola thing and how they did it in reverse basically <laughs> and kind of formed, <laughs> formed a new company and left every, like it'd be like if this new Facebook company was formed and, and like, you know, it basically took all of the kind of the website and all the servers and everything. And then the old Facebook company is just basically left with like a logo and nothing else. Um, right.
1: You know. <laughs> a URL, the Facebook. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I should, worth saying as well if you go to the facebook.com redirects you to Facebook no oh, of course they, they kept you know they they weren't stupid they kept a hold of that um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so and I I sometimes I wish that they would have also kept hold of some of the misspellings because if you misspell Google a number of different ways it always redirects you to Google um, okay sure but if you misspell Facebook you end up with like you know a, a page that's not doesn't work so, <laughs> so <you know. laughs>
1: what if I'm shopping for goggles?
0: um yeah i think if you put goggle yeah i don't know actually if you put goggle.com i think if you like if if google have got various redirects set up for if you miss the second o on the keyboard by putting a p in or an i or a k or an l because obviously those are the most common keys goggle yeah (laughs) so you you know there's a number of redirects that google have got set up for that um and also i said this before but you can go to fb.com just the letters fb and that will redirect to Facebook. And for that to happen, sure. Facebook had to pay, I think it was $4.7 to get that domain. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they were very serious about making sure that people could get onto Facebook. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I also like uh, Andrew Garfield's kind of, I don't know, he's so distracted by Sean Parker in this scene. I kind of love his, when, when he hears the amount of stocks he's going to get and he's like, Jesus Christ. Like, he's his genuine, <laughs> yeah. genuine shock over the fact that he's going to have so many shares. Um, But considering he's a business major, I think he would understand that, you know, he already had a 30% stake. Sure. The amount of shares. And
1: it could be diluted. Yeah, yeah, but the amount
0: of shares for 30% were always going to be a big number anyway, because it's not like they were going to... I would have loved it if if they'd have said, you know, how many shares you got, and they'd have gone... 34 you need to go jesus christ and it's like yeah that represents a 34 percent ownership stake it's like yeah we have 100 shares. <laughs> yeah, yeah we have exactly 100 shares and you know we, like, that don't lose one. yeah yeah i'd be careful because they're very very valuable um yeah it's worth saying as well i think peter till's investment in the company um you know what was um when he first invested it was hard well you know let's let's jump into kind of dragon's den mode um uh, sure. Which uh, I think has a different name in America. So I, I think it's Shark Tank. Shark there, right? Tank, there, yes, yeah. So let's jump into that mode. And you know, his half a million investment was originally for ten point two percent. So that half a million represented uh, a tenth. So the value of Facebook um, as these shares were incorporated was roughly five million. Um, which mm. means that you know, um, from his five million, um, you know, stake um eduardo's getting 34% um so his his like um, his stake in Facebook was worth roughly 147,000 pounds and 58 so okay that's you know, or should i say dollars I, I i defaulted into pounds there for a moment um <laughs> yeah, right. yeah so he, his his stake was worth roughly 150,000 um you know, which considering so far he's only put like 19000 into this, that's not a bad return on investment, <laughs> quite frankly. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and obviously Sean Parker is is getting, you know, uh, you know, 6%. So, you know, roughly about uh, 370000 That's how much his was worth. If they'd have sold their shares at this moment, that's how much they could have expected to get. Um,
1: Do you know if his settlement was, oh, I guess I'm not sure if we know how much he got, but would it be calculated then based on him having a, a non-diluted stake up to the point of the of the of the lawsuit
0: I think it was based on him having something like 2 to 3% of facebook at that particular moment when the settlement was made okay which the 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 kind of the numbers have never been disclosed on that um obviously we know we know what the winklevoss twins got because they didn't get a percentage of stock or percentage of the value of the facebook they just got a a a settlement that was was done on the basis of you know the 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 ip theft whereas whereas eduardo's was based on his actual contribution and so obviously you know like i think by the time facebook floated that 34% was worth something like um i don't know like 9 or 10 billion um so <laughs> wow. yeah so i don't think his settlement was that big but i certainly think it was in the billions um you know um certainly more yeah. more than 1 billion in terms of the settlement um but you know he, he signed an nda so we'll never you know, we'll never know. So, yeah, right. <laughs> unfortunately,
1: and and he moved to Singapore, so we'll never see his tax returns.
0: Yes, yeah, um, yeah. He, I mean, he he argued that he did that just simply because he, uh, you know, he married his wife and they wanted to live somewhere else.
1: Well, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if you're
0: if you're a billionaire, obviously you can pick which country you decide to live in. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, as was uh, you know, Peter Thiel is is a is a is now a um, a citizen of New Zealand, so. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, he moved there in 2011, but apparently every single company he ever started was named after something from Lord of the Rings. So,
1: well, he, yeah, a guy who makes a company about data ana- big data analysis, and calls it Palantir. It's like, you're, are you trolling us? Is that what's going on here? Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> so, um, uh, is there anything else that needs to be discussed in the, this minute? I think the meat of it really is in tomorrow's minute, isn't it?
1: I just wanted to mention that I think it's interesting that the movie opens with a rather detailed uh, d- depiction of of Mark semi-hacking slash just downloading assets and kind of a crash course on HTML. Then we get to a spot where we could have a little lesson in economics and we just blow through it in less than a minute. And part of that is that we need to be as swerved as Eduardo feels once the rug's pulled out. But big focus on the sort of technology behind the origins of Facebook, but the economics is sort of moving on, moving on.
0: Yeah, I mean... You know, that was actually Face Mash, not Facebook. Um, well, yes. And yes. that came directly from his blog. It was literally word for word. So oh, cool. So they kind of had a source on that. Whereas I think for this, uh, they do kind of bamboozle him a little bit by just putting it in the middle of a sentence where they're like, the stock might ne- need to be diluted. He's actually the one who tells them <laughs> the stock might need to be diluted. Um, yeah, I guess. So he, yeah, maybe. You know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> realize that he's setting himself up there. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I. But also, he's dis- direct. He's kind of distracted by Sean, and that's that's kind of the you know that's yeah. kind of the point of this minute. Um, well, then let's go to the Thursday question, which is, what is your favorite social network? And I've been reframing that as the one that you tolerate the most.
1: Um, I've got sort of a two-part answer for this. I think like classic version would be early MySpace, uh, which was out you know and running a little earlier than Facebook. Uh, I was a member of, and I remember those early days of just interfacing with a social network and finding your friends and hearing the music and just that experience before you know the puppy grows up and becomes a slobbery dog uh, that we all have to deal with uh, all the time Um, just really enjoyed I remember having good times on early myspace Uh, contemporary current answer would probably be letterboxed Um, just how much I love movies and I love reading them and writing about them and sharing uh movies with my friends and it's a kind of non-obtrusive well-designed site i really like letterboxd a lot
0: i think it's weird because uh recently on facebook i was um uh, you know checking my friends list as i occasionally will do um Mm -hmm. mostly because there are some people who kind of like either deactivate their accounts or they've deactivated an old account but they've got a new account so i was just going through and kind of tidying that up a little bit Um, And I got to the point where, you know, I had the, like, um, films and, you know, TV shows and various other things that, you know, you like them and then they kind of show up. Um, And I noticed that pretty much all the kind of, like, films that I had liked uh, were now, like, there used to be pages for them. And now there are just kind of generic pages that are just auto-generated from, like, Wikipedia information. And none of them have the pictures anymore. They're all just, like, kind of the the kind of bluish logo for a page now. And I thought, that's a bit okay. weird. It's almost like, <laughs> like they've... they're
1: they like they're an entity in and of themselves. Yeah,
0: it's 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 weird because they used to be like specific pages. And I I remember there were some film pages that I liked and obviously someone was managing that page. Um, and then there was there was a couple of pages uh, a few weeks ago um, that suddenly started posting really weird things. And I didn't know why. And I think it was because whoever was like in charge of those pages, like whoever the admins were, they just started posting weird stuff for no reason. Um, and then obviously they had their kind of admin status revoked and then they, those posts were deleted. And I think basically okay. Facebook has kind of gone through and purged some of those pages a little bit. So they're just generic things. So they're not like, unless they're specifically owned by someone, um, you know, if you like the page for like, you know, Austin Powers or whatever, it's just now a generic like Austin Powers page that has you yeah, know the information yeah. from Wikipedia. And it's not specifically managed by anyone. It's just auto-generated Um, and I thought that was kind of interesting because, you know, there was a time when liking certain things and liking certain pages was like a way of, um, forming your profile on Facebook and it seems like they've just got rid of that and, you know,
1: um,
0: you know, and in particular, like the, the whole Facebook pages thing, uh, was kind of set up as a way to have people host like websites about certain things. And, um, you know, obviously pretty much all the podcasts I have have Facebook pages, um, but like the management of them is so kind of clunky it's really oh, yeah. you know and, and they kind of don't sh- like they used to show up in people's feeds and now some of the information doesn't show up in people's feeds and it's kind of yeah, uh, yeah. it's kind of all over the place in terms of like their usefulness um, and i just thought that was kind of interesting that like you know mentioning letterbox, it's kind of interesting that facebook has never done something where it's kind of like You know, I mean, if I go to the cinema, I will. You know, I'll tag the cinema I'm at, and I'll also tag the film I'm watching. But sometimes the film I'm Mm -hmm. watching, you know, it doesn't have like a proper page. Uh, But if it does have a proper page these days, it will have like a trailer will play. So you know, but then, uh, you know, in my Facebook memories, there is there's some films that I saw a few years ago, and now the page kind of has gone, so there's no trailer anymore, and also the description (laughs) says you know that I was at this cinema watching this film. At this cinema, watching this film, there's like a wit, like the statuses seem to be broken. Um, huh. So it's kind of interesting because there was, you know, there was maybe a point when Facebook could have rivaled Letterboxd or something by having the facility for people Because obviously, when you liked films and stuff on your profile, you could rate them as well. So if I see a film, yeah, yeah. it shows up as a film I like and I can rate it out of five, but that facility seems to have gone. But it's like there was maybe a facility for, for you know Facebook to maybe rival Letterbox by having all these pages for the different films and then having people be able to rate them and write reviews and stuff. But they, I don't know, the way their pages function seems to have kind of fallen apart a little bit. And it, it, just you know
1: vestigial elements now. Yeah,
0: um, you know, seemed like an earlier idea that they kind of given up on. Um, because I know there used to be an app where you could just manage your Facebook pages, but I don't think that app was particularly like well done and. Yeah. and it,
1: sucked yeah so uh, <laughs> as, as an owner of several facebook pages for podcasts yeah it's yeah
0: so it's like you know, and also you would get a notification from that app and then a notification from facebook at the same time and so you yep, would end up yep, with yep. double notifications that it was yeah so I, this i feel this is all very inside baseball for people who have never a created a facebook page <laughs> um separate to <laughs> their own so um yeah so you know facebook definitely not a good network in terms of that kind of thing, but obviously, Letterboxd, I think, is I think that's the thing as well is certain networks that are, sp- are kind of geared towards a specific thing always manage to do that a lot better than kind of these big networks that attempt to do more than one thing at once. Um, yeah, you know, uh, and with that said, let us go then to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Aaron?
1: Yeah, if you are a movie fan and you are also a video game fan, we have a brand new show on the Just Enough Trump network called Virtual Theater. On uh, every episode, hosts Andy and Gooey review video game movies and the games and stories that inspired them. Uh, they just covered classic 90s action cheese Mortal Kombat. Uh, they previously covered films like Doom and Super Mario Brothers, and Resident Evil. You can find them on Twitter at @virtualtheaterx Virtual Theater X, or wherever fine podcasts are sold.
0: And you can find us on myspace at myspace.com slash the social minute, or on Twitter at social underscore minutes, or on Facebook at the social minute podcast. Thanks for, for being me my guest here today, Aaron.
1: Thank you, one more to go, see you tomorrow.
0: Bye.